that's the music. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Local artist, huh? All right. Yeah, it's really great. I like that this is our intro talking introducing and guess to the fact that this is our theme music. Yeah, he just thought it was some sound player. And it is the theme music to the YND podcast. Nice to be here again for another episode. Nice to see you, Dan. Good to be back. Good to be here again two weeks in a row. We're on schedule now. We're on schedule. We're like proper professional grown-up podcasters. <sighs> and I'm nervous for the first time because we have an English accent in the room. Sorry. In the room. <laughs> yeah. In the room. Sorry. Sorry. In the room. Yeah. So you've warned us you might fall into yeah, heavy. It happens on radio. Okay. So this is yeah. Oliver Styles or Ollie Styles. Um, can I do a little intro about sure. you? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, no, let's see fine. how you do. Well, yeah, it's not. Yeah. yeah so he's. I, I think when I said in my text message to you, "Do you know Ollie?" and you said, "Yeah, I'll reach out." And this, this, I'm talking to Dan right here. Um, and I said, "Dan, can you reach out?" And, and you said, "Yes." And I said, "That would be brilliant because Ollie does all of the things." Mm-hmm. That's very true, including go, uh, dad's children at the same school as me, as uh, my children. So, so yeah. it's very incestuous mm. in terms of your relationship with um, with our guest. So Ollie Styles, winemaker for Halcyon Wines or Halcyon Days Wines. How do either's, you? either's fine. Either's yeah, fine. Either's fine. Halcyon Days. Halcyon Days, brilliant. Um, wine writer and editor question mark of winesearcher.com no i'm not the editor of wine searcher i you i'm a content contribute. i'm a content writer for wine searcher yeah. great uh you are but also I have edited a magazine yes now which magazine was that that was world of wine correct um which is a new zealand publication yes yeah. and but still working with them no yep. yeah yeah yep. great yep. competitive fencer Yes. As oh well. yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, and <laughs> awesome. we don't mean no. There'll be New Zealanders that um, that listen to that and they go, "God, competitive fencer, Jesus." Um, we don't actually mean the digging of the posts and the no. stringing of the wires. Um, most of the fencing in Hawkes Bay, is- which is most of the fencing in Hawkes Bay, um, but uh, actual actual fencing. And um, in fact, you compete with a friend of mine. Who's you, that? Um, Vanda Simon, who's um, oh, yeah, yeah. you know yep. one of the world's sort of up and coming ones to watch in terms of crime writers. Yeah, she's a she fencer is. And, but she's um, based lives in, in Dunedin. In Dunedin, yeah, exactly. So she's there a, a pharmacist. Do you know as well? No, I didn't know that. Yes, no. used to oh. work with my mother here in Hastings at UFS yep. Dispensary, the long lost hundred year old plus UFS right near my shop. dispensary right across the road from your shop. Or it's used gone to be. Now. Yeah, gone, it's now. gone. We need a tasting room there now. Yeah, <laughs> another one. So Ollie, um, you know. And again, husband, father, or partner, father, um, all of that. And but the thing that, uh, in addition to your the great wines that you make, the thing that I'm really interested in is, gosh, you're just prolific in terms of your writing. Yeah. I mean, every week there's just you've just got volumes. Of great topics. Um, I mean, just interesting pieces recently with things like you know the AI effect on on yeah. wine writing. Mm. Yeah. We were talking, Dan and I were talking about that a couple of episodes ago. Um, how? Yeah, we did a chat GPT version of, of about decibel wines. Yeah. And it's pretty <laughs> scary. Yeah. Well, I want to back up a second. I have a question for you. Is Go there on. some sort of crossover between fencing, writing, and some sort of science? Because now that's that a pharmacists. Mm. Book writer and fencer. Is no. this a, no? Okay, not just, what I can just think of off the top of my head. Okay, no. that's okay. stretching it, Dan. Even yeah. um, I'm sure we can find one. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> Maybe that's the subject for my next piece. There you go. Very nice. Um, yeah, so AI um, on wine writing, yeah. you do a kind of a weekly roundup on Wine Searcher, which yeah. is, um, so tell us a little bit about Wine Searcher, and I'm, I know that there'll be people listening to this podcast that go, oh, I know what Wine Searcher is, but there might be some that don't. Yeah, okay, so Wine Searcher is actually a bit of a New Zealand success story, um, if you look at it. A lot of people don't know that it was founded in New Zealand, um, quite ahead of its time, sort of that perfect dot-com boom, just around the sort of early 2000s. Um, maybe even was founded just a few years before that. Um, it's effectively what it is: is that you take a picture of a bottle of wine, or you type in a wine name, and it instantly gives you um, a bunch of places where you can find that wine and prices associated with. So it's it. a search engine, effectively. Yeah, basically. For, for yeah, it's okay. a very straightforward, simple idea, as most of the good ones are. Mm. Yeah. But there's more to it as well. You know, it's it's kind of like a catch-all for. For me, you know, being in the mm. trade, you know, I use it almost as a kind of, yes, I can check prices of, of wines, you know, not just here in New Zealand, but all over the world. But there are, there's like, there are reviews, there's news, you know, yep. that, um, yeah, yeah. that you provide. There's kind of commentary and interesting yeah, so little When did they spin into that, like, mm. more? Um, because I've been aware of it for a long time, before I came to New Zealand, and... When did it become more content? Was that? I think of? it's always had content. Um, what you find, I don't, and I don't, I can't speak to how they sort of run the business yeah, and yeah. the model. Um, but I think what you find is that, and this has happened. This happened at Decanter as well, which is where I sort of cut my teeth. Um, is that when you have a website, you have to find different ways of bringing people into the website. Um, part of the problem with being a search engine for wine is, and this Google found this out as well, is that although you eventually direct people through to where they want to go, you actually want people to stay on your part of real estate for longer. Mm. So what that then spins out into is news stories, mm. uh, content. Um, effectively, what Wine Search has become now is uh, a kind of encyclopedia in the sense that you have pretty much most wine regions in the world, um, grapes, all available grapes in the world, mm. um, yeah, and then the wines. And then there's more content, there's news and everything yeah. else. Encyclopedia so, is a really good description. Yeah, and so yeah. The, the thing with search engines is that because you have to keep everything modern and relevant, there's a sort of ticking over period in the sense that all of these individual pages have to be updated mm. over a certain period of I time. Ha- I have to say that uh, when I was now defunct, we were, I was meant to do a podcast for the Pinot Noir 20 one conference i think which never happened hmm. so i just did wider appa and uh wine searcher sponsored the, through new zealand wine growers they were sponsoring it and then the whole thing folded because of covid and they didn't end up oh, yeah. doing the rest of it but anyway i can't remember the guy's name but whoever wrote uh, he said oh well if decibel you're dan from decibel we're going to write make sure your bio is and decibels more info is on the site like i think they just had something brief on there and it was by far the best most concise, like just cut to the chase. This is and and good too, and well written too. Mm. Uh, bio, I've because yeah. I've done it a million times with you know you get people write articles in little places all over you know when you're they got people producers. with skills there. Yeah, it yeah. was really. I was yeah. just like yeah. It was like how's this sound? And I'm like that was actually perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you, yeah, you know, well, but it, it strikes me as amazing. You know, knowing that we um, just kind of. You know, thinking about all of the um, all of the content that you put out through through Wine Searcher and just your own kind of social media stuff, Ollie, you are someone that 
you're like an umbrella across the sort of wine news of the world, which I just find out like outrageous. Because how do you how do you find the time to 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 be so kind of um, a to find all that information to be constantly trawling through stuff to to form a kind of scholarly opinion on mm. on things? It just it just blows me away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You well, know, he should be working right now, actually. That, but he's here with us. Yeah, no, that's that's good. No, that's good. I did tell my boss, and that's the good thing about working <laughs> for Wine Searcher, which is I, like it's interesting coming from. I don't know. There's a there's a certain thing in New Zealand where you and I maybe maybe it's a climate. Um, uh, a sort of financial climate thing. Maybe it's true all over the world nowadays. But there seems to be uh, more of a business culture now where there's not that much free time allowed to people. Mm. Certainly I found it working in wineries mm. um, that there's much less flexibility in terms of what you do during your working day. Yeah. Um, luckily, wine searcher are an excellent at, at being able to say, look, yeah, go off, do this, do that. It's good. Yeah. That's really good, and I'm lucky to work for them for that reason. That's not um, they don't pay me to say that. No, I, <laughs> I am nominally on the company. Don't. But uh, is, yeah. it, is yeah. it kind of like as long as you get what you need to get done for them done, they yeah. don't mind no. how you do it when exactly. you do it. Yeah, you can be working great. through the middle it's of the super night. Progressive. That's, yeah, well, that's that, amazing. That, which is I great. mean, if they're smart, they realize it's only going to enrich yeah. your experiences exactly. and get yeah. you, on, you know boots on the ground that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it sort of know? feels that that's lacking a little bit sometimes in some workplaces at the moment. But there we go. Yeah, as to what I do. Uh, probably um, a chatbot could do it better and quicker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is part of, no, that's part of my, that's part of my argument. I mean, part of yeah. a lot of wine writing is just the regurgitation yeah. of material. I found myself doing this, saying this point. Uh, there's a really great film whose name eludes me right now, but it's basically about um, a black American sommelier who wants to become part of the CMS. And there's a, there's a sort of scene within this film, and the name will come back to me as I sort of walk out of the studio. Mm. Um <laughs> And he's revising the 13 wine regions of Germany sure, so that he knows them. But part of me is like, well, that's great to know that, but why? Yeah. yeah. Why do you need to know that? And there's so much of wine is additional material, which has a heap of weight to it, but has very little relevance to actual yeah. wine or tasting wine. Yeah. Mm. And we put so much stall in that, and that can be... Daunting. That could be just... <laughs> daunting... Yeah. 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 And That's weird. Pointless and yeah, weird. pointless. Also just replicated by... Well, you know, the thing that was really bot. interesting was there was... Um, uh, and I don't even know where I got this information. Might have been wine searcher, Dan. Mm, I don't know. Okay. okay. Um, about um, uh, chat GPT, it might have been GPT-4, passed the advanced SOM um, exam. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's... And really... And quite well... And so it made people think, well, why do we even, why do SOMs then need to study that hard for that long to have all of this information down rote? When are they going to need to, if they need to recall it, you can just, just Google it. Google it on yeah. your phone. Whip yeah. your phone out of yeah, your apron yeah. or your suit pocket or whatever. And It'd go be more about the service part of it, I think. Well, you that's know, kind of somebody what you I can think, think on their feet. About and, when I think of, of a yeah, SOM, I yeah. want someone that can. And look and look at somebody and go, 
uh, and the situation and the table Correct. and everything, I go, I think I'm going to, you guys need yeah, this Yeah, I just wonder if facts and figures, are, yeah. there's too much weight put on that. Yeah, but also, like, if you're thinking about a song, they'd know their wine list anyway, or you yep. hope they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's a limited number anyway. You don't mm. need to know every single yeah. like, that, that came, this came from the Franken region. Yeah. Mm. You know, mm. or, oh, maybe next time I should get something from Baden. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so no, over so Baden. What, so, yeah, so to... to to draw it all together, um, my news thing, I was trained um, by the wonderful Adam Lechmere at Decanter, who used to be a BBC journalist. Right. Um, and prior to that was a hack, was a news agency hack. Um, I was taught to write news stories, uh, taught the sort of perfect way to do it, blah, blah, blah. Um, did that. And then I, I, still, I still enjoy doing it. But then I thought, well, what can I bring to the table that's different to news? And basically what it is, and this is what the Sunday story is, is I trawl everything that's not English language. Ah, yes, yeah, so that was the thing. To, so Vitasphere and those sort of yeah, sites Vitisphere, are French language sites. Fantastic, Vinatour in Spain. Right. Um, there's winenews.it, I think, in Italy. Mm. Yeah. And you just go through a lot of those. They're not always there but because there's other stuff that sort of seeps through other... But I, having both French and Spanish um, as sort of languages that I know, I can go through these sites very, relatively quickly. And so you speak it. French and Spanish fluently? Yes, yeah. Ooh, la la. Yeah, so Amy and I, my wife and I, was spent, um, well, Amy was That's six years. That's where you met, you were in Spain, right? Uh, Amy was in Spain, and then she came to London to do a tasting, huh. and I was working at the tasting, which is how mm. we met. Yeah, mm. yeah. So then I moved over to Spain for three years and then came here, mm-hmm. which is how that happened. Yes. Yeah, so I just do that. Brilliant. I basically edit, I suppose edit and translate. Which is kind of what a bot can't. How's your? How's the Spanish to Italian? It's uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. I know my daughter's Spanish going the other to way. English yeah. to Italian. No, I can't. It's, Italian's a real difficult one for me because I immediately revert to Spanish. Yeah. Because I'm one of those. I'm like a parrot, yeah. so I yeah. start sort of going. As soon as I get to that southern Mediterranean kind of area, I sort of slip straight into Spanish. So with um with the uh, the news that you put out, the newsletters, mm. the roundups of the week, and that kind of thing. Um, do you ever get embroiled in big like debates with other with other people in the wine trade or, or wine wine writers or wine journalists that maybe yes. disagree with you or, or throw spanners in the works? Not so much anymore. I used to do, it used to happen relatively regularly um, with some of the opinion pieces I used to write. Right. Yeah. Um, there's and a was it always the same people that would kind of clap back at you? Or no, 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 no. I, I tried. I tried um, to annoy <laughs> a broad span yeah. of people <laughs> in my work. Some of it was successful. I mean, there's, there's a thing that, like, if you want, if you want to have hits uh, for a website, just piss off um, a wine journalist yeah. or a wine writer. They are the most thin-skinned people in the world. Are you going to um, name names? You can name names. No. <laughs> no. There's, because um, there's so much, and that's just another really weird thing about the wine industry. There's so much that goes on in a little Inside, box yeah. behind yeah. the scenes where everybody knows everybody else. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was given chapter and verse on the reasons why Neil Martin left, you know, oh. the wine advocate by a third party. Mm. Okay. You know, and, it, it, and everyone knows, so I know the ins and outs of why people are leaving other jobs mm. and stuff, mm. but... Yeah. yeah, and then you sort of sit there and you sit down and you go, oh, that, yeah, so this is my new, this is my report on the Right, so you don't generally try and get caught up in Twitter wars or anything. I, ha- I have. Because that's quite fun. It is fun. Well, not fun, it's, but it's funny to, 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 to watch things yeah, sometimes it's, unravel. It's from, really bad for your mental health, I think. I'm sure it is. Um, just looking at the way that it affects me, um, I've... I've been on both sides. I've, done, ah. I've said stupid stuff on Twitter. Right. And I've said stuff that I stand by and fought for on Twitter. Right. And it's just, 
the same. Yeah, <laughs> it's the, like the, the same feeling outcome. is kind of the same. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. 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 And you just feel slightly more solid with one than you do with the other. Yeah, which... it makes me worry. You know, like I think um, it just brings to mind, you know, posts like say Jamie Goodge. You know, we'll put mm. things out, and there's always one, two, or three other. You know, people in the in the wine writer's sphere that will always kind of clap back and say, yeah. no, disagree, no, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, it's just Jamie saying something else. Yeah. But I think to myself, gosh, you know, you have to have a really yeah, you've thick got to have a skin a, yeah, you do. to just, A, argue your point or just leave it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's very strange. It's a very strange, it's a very strange world. Doesn't seem but, like a good way to bring in like new wine no. lovers and stuff, you know. Because no, half the time you no. can read those comments and know, what the hell is that about? I don't know, if, that, you know, I don't know I mean? if they're the kind of people that are actually reading. No, no they're not. And I, I would argue again. I feel like this is just a big pitch for wine searcher, <laughs> but uh, it is actually a functional site that like everyday people use and mm. and go to. So it's probably a good place to be. Whereas I, you know. There's there's a much narrower market for decanter or whatever wherever these other yeah. ones you know I mean, yeah. there, there's established ones that are not going to go anywhere I guess but sure you know, um, but um, all these all these places like decanter uh, wine spectator they all suffer from you know declining sure print sales but I would say wine searcher in some strange way is like in, in a better position and you're in a better position to say like you know somebody likes wine they look it up and they go oh, what's this other you know they're yeah. going to stumble yeah, yeah, upon yeah. your stuff yeah, yeah. a lot more yeah. than they yeah. would ever stumble yeah, yeah. upon yeah. you know a decanter mm. or a Venice article or something like that yeah. true and we'll be right back hey guys this is Daniel from Decibel Wines we've got a new collaboration new promotion we want to tell you about uh, it's going to be up on our website under the testify collaboration a little banner at the top of the site with our Testify Red, which is a new wine we've released. The 2019 is coming out to rave reviews. 95-point wine from Bob Campbell and all those guys who know so much about wine. Uh, it's a collaboration with the Organic Farm Butchery, which is here in Hastings, but they're a national company. They ship organic, grass-fed, free-range beef, lamb, and pork all over the country. So what do you get? You get three bottles of the Testify Red, along with a Scotch Fillet Double Pack, pack of beef short ribs perfect for braising and a winter meal and two packs of premium mints to play around with a little ragu some sauce some burgers all that you know that includes freight and everything delivered all over the country for 200 bucks that's a great deal guys that you know if you think about the testify red this is my premium big red 56 bucks a bottle typically sold all over the world and you're gonna get almost three quarters of that of the 200 bucks value in just in wine so think about all that you're also getting scotch fillet double pack pack of beef short ribs two packs of premium mints all for 200 bucks hop online decibelwines.com check out the banner we're going to run it all for the month of may why may may's got organic wine week uh, and organic farming week so it's kind of the organic month may so we wanted to feature that and do this great collaboration with matt and the fellows at the uh, organic farm uh, check it out, decibelwines.com. Click on the banner. Do it. And now we're back. I want to get back to the the, the meeting Amy and mm-hmm. Amy Hopkinson styles. Yes. Yeah, your wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and you meet in... London. You meet in... So, but she was making wine in Spain. Yeah. But then met in London. Yeah. Then you go back to Spain. Yes. And then you come to New Zealand in like 2010, 2012. 2012. Okay. Yeah. 
making wine together somewhere, Wairarapa or Martinborough? No, so we, okay, so yeah, you kind of have to go a little bit back. Um, Yeah, please. So yeah, 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 that's fine. So we met in around 2008, 2009. Um, She was in Spain, I was in the UK. Um, I thought, well, actually looking at the price of coffee in Spain, it's better if I'm poor in Spain than poor in London. Mm. Yes. Um, So I moved to Spain. But also because Amy was there. Moved to Spain for three years, and then but, but then we started doing the sort of northern hemisphere, southern hemisphere right. thing. So we worked uh, in Amy's winery together. Um, then we went to the Wairarapa, and I worked at Martin Vineyards while she was at Dry River. And, and you just got, but you hadn't worked in wineries before. No, no. So no, you no, just no. kind of came along as a my my here's my my husband, my partner. Yeah, he's he loves wine. He's totally into it. Wants yeah, yeah, to, yeah. You know what can we do? What yeah, can we throw at him? Yeah, and there's these young these young Spanish guys in her winery who looked at me and they're like, "Who is this dude? Like, what is he wearing? Like, he can't do anything. He is useless." You know, and I get He's wearing. on the hoses. And, and, yeah, and I still like even to, to this day. Every time I hop on a on a forklift, because my first experience of driving a forklift was at like two a.m. in Spain unloading grapes, and I remember knocking the rearview mirror off um, one of the truckies. Oh, no things and just hit it with the post on the forklift. From at least you didn't yeah. reverse into a tank or anything like that, did you? Did you? I've done that. <gasps> yeah, that was at Vidal's. I reversed into the lower door of a tank. It was but huge. had the presence of it was huge. It yeah, was had the huge. presence of mind to keep the the forklift there though. So the weight of the forklift was enough to keep the door closed. Yes, keep and it we stable. did an emergency dig out and press. Oh, they were yeah. probably pretty I popular that, that day. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't great. <laughs> You bought the beer, the beer fund. Yeah, there was yeah. a big beer fund associated yeah. with that, with yeah. Hughes Jumper sort of steeping in a, in a bucket of proxy carb trying to clean out the wine stuff. <laughs> no. Yeah, it wasn't So, Spain, yes. New Zealand, so Spain, 2012. Yeah, 2012 we got married, and um, for our honeymoon, uh, Amy worked at the now defunct Matariki, right. and I was Here in Hawke's Bay. That, that yeah. dates mm. it. And I worked at Atarangi. So we spent our honeymoon apart. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So you were down in, in the White Upper and she was here in Hawke's Yeah, Bay. yeah, yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, <laughs> not the most funny. auspicious start to no. a union, but hey, there we go. Sorry, I'm just wiggling my cord because it. my headphones have, have gone. I'm not going to wiggle my cord. Don't, don't wiggle your cord. Not on air. So jump forward to uh, actually um, forming your own wine brand. Yeah. How did that come about? Uh, we always wanted to do it. I think if you get into winemaking, that's the ultimate aim, yeah. pretty much. Has um, to be in New Zealand. <laughs> surely. <laughs> surely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we thought we wanted to do that, and, and we wanted to make um, wines without any additions. And we had, yeah, we, just, we still discuss all of the stuff. Like, we had this discussion about, do we add sulfur just before bottling? Um, and Amy made the, the quite reasonable point that any sulfur that you do add, and we've had this discussion Mm. Earlier this week, any discussion that you do add sulfur just prior to bottling, even if it's a small amount, it's just going to get absorbed. Yeah, be no, there's no, there's no anti. Well, we tasted a wine like that the other night. Exactly, it said twenty five, whatever, thirty ppm right before bottling. Yeah, like, well, that doesn't so, do anything. Exactly, it does nothing. Any, yeah. So you might as well mm. just go the whole hog. And mm. just which not we do did. it. Yeah, mm. and we did, and we was like, well, this is it. Um, and you know, so far, so far, so good. So great. Because you yeah. do three wines. Oh, uh, we do heaps. I, yeah, I can never, keep, three, I can never, I can never keep track of them. They kind of change. This part of the good thing about it is it kind of changes depending on the season right. as well, which is kind of cool. Um, so we try to. I try to make a Sauvignon Blanc because I love Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. Um, not 
sort of so not typical New Zealand no, Sauvignon Blanc. Exactly, I want to skin ferment it. I want to make it go yeah. through Malo. I yeah, don't yeah. want residual sugar. I, uh, yeah, but I love the acidity and I love yeah, and I love the aromas that you get from skin fermenting Sauvignon Blanc. Um, Sangiovese, yeah, which we're lucky enough to have through a Sour Vineyard, which is amazing grape variety. Um, bit of Pinot Noir. Nice. Bit of Chardonnay this year. And that's mm. all out in your um, in the Maraikakaho, yep. Marapiro area. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's all west. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So what, what, what part of, um, why do you love that part of Hawke's Bay, which is kind of sort of west of Hastings, mm. um, way out in the country? Yeah, it's it's a beautiful part of the world, mm. actually. There's, there's a really weird thing that happens out there is that you, on any given day, the car workers can feel really, really close or really, really far away. The car workers are kind of a mountain range. Mountain range yeah. out west. Um, and they and it's really strange. It's this beautiful sort of quite big sky country. It's a lot cooler. Um, well, not a lot, but it's it's slightly more cool out there than it is, say, in, in Gimlet Gravels or Bridge Par, where you've got sort of, or A, partly heavier soils, uh, even more free-draining, mm. if you like. The, the, the soils are all very similar. Um but yeah, there tends to be less heat, just a little bit less heat, and so you get a bit more aromatic interest. And you're perhaps working with grapes that, you know, I think we we gel with a bit more. Yeah, so it's perfect for your your pinot and your aromatics and yeah. all of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and Sauvignon for sure. Yeah, out there, absolutely. And I reckon Hawke's Bay Sauvignon is ripe for experimentation. Mm. You know, I just there's something about the fruit, the Sauvignon fruit that grows in Hawke's Bay that you can just throw anything at. Yeah, or, or not throw styles. anything at, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, and it yeah. will be, because it's just kind of rough. And, well, not rough and ready, but it's kind of, it's tough enough in that it holds its own through the process. You don't have to be super careful, stainless steel, mm-hmm. neutral, neutral, you know. To, mm. it, just, it just lends itself to so many amazing yeah, yeah, you're 100% styles right. and, and you know, you can go stainless steel, but you can do a you know, lee stirring barrel, you know, yeah, barrel Milo, fermented, all that kind of stuff. you know, you could do, yeah, you know, cold. skin fermented, you know, yeah, listen to us. But I think, uh, <laughs> I, I, I like what you said, and this is probably, uh, let's get less geeky, I guess, but it's probably more consumer or distribution focused in that you said you know we're doing different wines and it changes different years and yeah. I, I do a bit of that too and I, yeah. then and i was a little bit apprehensive in the beginning or maybe sort of five six years ago when i kind of was fleshing out more of the lineup and i've gotten more response from distributors and customers that are like it's a you know it's we're kind of interested to see what you got coming and yeah. it's not the worst thing in the world to not do every same wine thing. every year and do the same thing you can have maybe some staples yeah but you know um, particularly in with some of the wines that I operate in definitely the space you guys operate in it's kind of cool to like you know switch it up a little bit yeah. and run out and go oh not this one and then and because they're probably not going to be. Well, they're not going to be supermarket wines for sure, but they're not going to be giant distributed wines. Exactly. So it's like kind of cool to just come to a wine bar with something new yeah. all the time. You know? Yeah, well, it makes it makes a lot of sense. I think this, um, and talking about Jamie Good, and Jamie Good does this a lot, which is quite good. And he says, you know, you can't discuss wines or any sort of general phenomena about wines without saying, okay, well, you've actually got to segment the market itself. Right. And so when people say, like, so this happens like a lot. Um, you find that you have brands which um, change year in, year out, which get quite successful. But as they grow and as distribution grows and as they build a consumer base, not necessarily the winemaker, but the people selling the wine start to say, actually, can you just 
do the do same as you did last year because yeah, yeah. it makes it easier on our sales team to go in to walk in and say hey this is the pitch and that's where you start that recipe kind of wine mm. situation yeah you know everything exactly. is the same everyone wants the same mm. yeah whereas it's, mm. it's a lot like Dan says it's to do with our size as well yeah it's yeah. quite small we're, we're relative we don't have distributors we go out to the market this is what we have we work with some people that import our wines who you know we try and keep them abreast of, of what's going on as much so as where, possible. So where else are your wines? Uh, the United States, okay. Australia, and uh, Japan. And are you having to do the, the legwork to get them there, or, or are you relying on those importers? To so we may need, we're, yeah, so um, we work with Campbell Burton in Australia, yeah. who's a good friend of, of ours. Um, Wine Dogs imports in the States. Um, yeah, and they're, they're, we just sort of met them through, through friends. Cool. Basically, um, and yeah, it's all, it's all happened like that, really. Great. And then we talk to them, we keep them, you know, appraised of what's going on. Um, but we, you know, it's, it's only a few, it's only a few pallets. It's not like we're yeah, shipping yeah, yeah. containers yeah. and containers out. I mean, like in terms of volume, how much would you make across all of your wines in a re- in a good year in, in terms a- of pallets? In terms of pallets? Pallets. Pallets. Everybody always switches it up. <laughs> like, how many bottles do you make? How many cases? I'm just like, yeah, how yeah. much fruit? I'm like, I don't think about it. No, no, no. Pallets. Pa- well, yeah. Okay, well, bottles then. Bottles? About mm. 7,000. Oh, yeah. On a good year. Okay. Yeah. If, I'm, if I do a very quick mental arithmetic there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm trying to... I mean, it's small, but it's not, not, not no. super tiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super tiny. Yeah, we want to, we keep wanting to grow, and and every year something. Happens. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's not COVID. It's yeah, yeah, hard, exactly. Yeah. And so, what are you? Yeah. What what are you kind of um, like? What's spinning your wheels at the moment in terms of wine? Like, what are you drinking? What are you loving to drink at the moment? Um, what are we drinking at the moment? Amy's just ordered a bunch of Jura wines, uh-huh. um, which is great. So that's cool. Explain um, that too. Listener. Explain that to listeners. Explain uh, so that to my auntie Rena and Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jura wines, um, <laughs> so they're in eastern France in a sort of subalpine region. It's very mountainous. Uh, it's, in the winter, it's horrifically bleak. It's sort of like farmsteads and, and cows and, and, and pine trees and low-hanging Sound, mist. Sounds um, a lot like luxury. not far away from here. <laughs> <laughs> Sheridan. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, no, uh, Sheridan's a beautiful place. Sure. Um, they are, so, yeah, it's it's hidden up in the mountains. Um, it makes generally sort of Chardonnay, Sauvignon, these very sort of bright, vibrant white wines. Um, and then very, very um, not deeply coloured red wines as well, like Poulsard and Trousseau, um, which are sort of almost pink-coloured, like a lowly extracted Pinot Noir. Right, which or, is a also gamay kind of, or a Gamay. Or a Gamay kind of thing, very light. Mm. Um, and then what they do also in, over there is they age it in barrel, but what, what, what will happen is that they will either top up the barrel or not, depending on how they're going, and the barrel will, um, in, the, in the headspace in the barrel, the, you'll actually have a yeast that grows along the top, the film. Of right, the, like um, a floor. Like mm. a floor. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so the floor will grow along the top there, and that will effectively isolate the wine from... The atmosphere, mm. although it actually does become quite oxidative mm. in flavour. So, and talking about doing different things with Sauvignon Blanc, Amy and I currently have a couple of barrels huh. of Sauvignon Blanc on our ledge. So, and with Headspace developing a film on them, which we're hoping will work out. Sounds groovy. Yes. Yeah, so I wonder if you need a year or two of, uh, you know, propagation sort of with those 
you know, what happens in the barrels and if they, you know, from so we years did it, of doing it. Yeah. We did it one year. We got a bit of a veil, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. We called the wine veil mm-hmm. for that reason. Uh, this year, um, we talked to some friends in the Jura. Uh-huh. And they said, oh, uh-huh. you need to put it into tank and then put it to barrel later on. Oh, sneaking, tricky, is the, is the answer. Settle so, it out, basically. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't, it sort of seems like one of those sort of secrets secret recipes that yeah. if it goes into a tank first and then goes into a barrel, okay. well, who knows? We'll probably get some yeast. Seems, in, probably some yeast in the tank. <laughs> initial initial, um, initial um, reports suggest that that is the way to go. Cool. Nice. Yes. And so when it comes to um, promoting Halcyon mm. wines, it's pretty much, I mean, for my own observation, it's m- mostly kind of social media. Yep. I see a lot of Instagram, yep. beautiful shots. I mean, your vineyard's amazing. Yep. Um, the, the way your labels look is, on the bottles are, are, you know, really kind of deliciously moody and broody and gorgeous. And, mm-hmm. um, like, the imagery is fantastic. And are you yep. finding that that's where you're getting most engagement is through yes. social? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we started off with that, with that in mind. Um, Amy very much drove that. I have to sort of... Give props to her on that. That's um, that's a lot of her work, um, and sort of also getting them, making sure the photographs are good. Blah blah mm. blah. Um, it's there's a there's a hell of a lot of work that goes into that, which sort of is behind the scenes, but is is sort of vital. Um, yeah, we both wanted labels that were clean. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I think you've done well with it. Mm. Yeah, and but yeah. also like relatively identifiable, which is mm. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we worked with Fontvia for that. Um, they're up in Auckland. Um, so what was your question? It wasn't oh, really a question. Yeah. It was just kind just of a, yeah. um, well, I suppose yeah. it was, yeah. I mean, how, how important is the social media side of things? For yeah, very. Halcyon? But I think yeah. the, the key is you want to grow, you want to grow that as well mm. as sort of building other ways to get to your, to get to your peeps. Yeah. Which is like email lists and things like that. Yeah, yeah, lists yeah. And, and um, restaurant yeah. listings? Yep. Quite a lot? Yep. Do you do a lot of um, traveling around New Zealand? To yep, Amy's in, Amy's in Wellington at the moment. She's doing that? Yep. Yeah, Wellington, Auckland. Um, not as much South Island as we'd like, huh. but that's, you know. It's tough. It is hard to get. It's very expensive to yeah. get from Hawke's Bay to there. It is know. pretty. Oh, look, tell yeah. me about it. My son yeah. is at university in Otago, and we're trying to get him home after his exams yeah. in June at some point. Um, and if you're and not onto it quick, hundreds too. and hundreds and hundreds of dollars, because they all yeah. know, like, you know, knows oh, that course. the students are all trying to leave, and then they bump the price. Of, oh, I don't know, but it's mm. ludicrous. Yeah. And um, and they also yeah. airlines don't, you know. I've just heard a you know some kind of business podcast on this where they're like, we if we don't discount later, like we don't try to get rid of seats later because those seats will eventually go because the people that need them are usually business people or yeah. somebody who's in a jam and they're just freaking out anyway. Just going, gotta, I'm just going to drop five hundred bucks one yeah, but, way, you know, so. yeah. I got to do it, you know. So mm. they're not even if they release a second flight, the prices are still going to be the same. It just it just you annoys know? me. Like I, know, oh, I don't know. It's it's really bad because I know that because um, we we only have one airline really, mm. um, yeah. commercial airline in, in New Zealand that that takes you everywhere. Um, and they copped a huge hit, obviously, during the pandemic, and that was incredible, incredibly tough, and they had to adjust everything. But it's kind of swung the other way so hard. Really quick. And they announced, you know, financial results last week, which was th- like through the roof. Mm, like their shareholders yeah. will be super happy. And I'm like going. I guess. I don't know. I always I heard know. that. Uh, I heard from a guy who had a friend who was owned an airline. 
Mm. You know, I roll in those circles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he it's said basically thing. every airline. Only the airline or railway? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I, up until a certain point. I, huh. I think there's a couple good airlines now. Like, I know Delta in the U.S. is doing right. really well yeah, yeah. and stuff. But they basically said, like, most airlines are just, you know, waiting to bank, waiting for bankruptcy, you oh, know, because yeah? okay. they're always trying to grow. And, and, uh, and, and I think that there are a lot of talk right now where, Basically, since I guess the '70s, there's been one or two percent efficiency increases every year, every few years. You know, with a different new plane and, and it's not about this only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And now, and now they're going to really have a plane spotter in it. That's good. I'm all about it because now I'm, they're going to look for like thirty percent. <laughs> you know, try to redo yeah. the whole thing. You know, yeah. More. But I come from so my mother is Swiss, and um, I, I, you know, and I, I'm, I'm a massive ardent Francophile. I love public transport, mm. and I came to New Zealand, and I was like, "What none. the hell?" Yeah. If any country was perfectly right for having a proper rail network, I mean, it's tough given the frequency of earthquakes and yep. apparently natural disasters that happen mm. here. But um, surely, surely, people don't think cares too much. But also, like, if if you have one airline. That services the country, shouldn't it be owned by the country? Well, it kind and of it is. used to be. It sort yeah. of is, though. Isn't they yeah. have a big right. stake in it, the oh, government. Don't right. get mm-hmm. me started on <laughs> privatizing <laughs> the assets. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we'll be right back. Howdy, everyone. I'm Yvonne Lorcan, the co founder and chief tasting officer for Wine Friend, the best subscription service for wine in the land. And it's the best because my team and I hunt high and low to find amazing, interesting wines that we match to your individual taste buds and then we deliver them to your door at a price and frequency that suits you. Now, we know you want to try new wines, but we also know it's really hard to break free from those boring, safe, same olds from the supermarket. And it sucks when you spend good money on something new, but it doesn't taste great to you. Because everyone tastes wine differently, right? So we take the hassle and guesswork away, because if we know how your taste buds work, then you can trust us to go away and find great wines just for you. It's easy, just go to winefriend.co.nz, click on Get Started to answer a few fun questions about your taste preferences, choose one of our three awesome plans, your combo of reds and whites, and how often you'd like them delivered, and then sit back and wait for a whole new world of wine to open up. They're wines from all over the world, they're wines that I personally really love, and they're wines that you're not going to find in your average supermarket. Plus, each bottle comes with a neck tag written by moi with handy notes that'll impress your friends. Our plans are totally flexible, you're not locked into anything, and you can buy more of the wines that you love with a simple tap or a click. Just use the promo code Yvonne, that's Y-V-O-N-N-E, for 24% off your first subscription case. So become a wine friend and we'll all live happily ever after. Cheers, and on with the show. Anyway, let's move right along. Um, so... I reckon we talk about some good news before we sit, because we've got some wine that we want to taste with you. Okay. And before we do that, we can, well, not necessarily good news, but kind of things we've been thinking about. Maybe, Dan, do you have anything? You guys go first. Well, no, I just, I mean, this is so. I always do that. Because I struggle with finding good news sometimes. And this week has been, and it's only Thursday, it's it's kind of been a a haul, Mm, mm. you know, for me. Um, But something took my eye yesterday, day before, Met Gala. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right, you know Met Gala? Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's the Vogue magazine party that they have, you know, every year and only certain people get invited and you only get invited at certain time slots. So you might be the 6 p.m. one, you might be the 
11 p.m. one. If you're invited to like the 8 p.m., I think that's um, <laughs> that's like the super yeah. A-list people. Yeah, right. But um, you know, and there's always people dressed up. There's always the theme, yeah. right? So they were dedicated to a dedicated designer, to a this, designer year. this year to yeah. um, to Karl Lagerfeld. So what I love with all the hype over the Karl Lagerfeld tribute theme for the Met Gala that a cockroach on the carpet got its own. Um, paparazzi moment nice. that it was. Did you is see this? Is this somehow related to Karl Lagerfeld, or is there some no, commentary on? No, I just love it because no, it gave me such joy. It gave me such joy to see the fact that there's all these people that, that were millions of dollars and they're dressed up to the nines and and all the paparazzi yelling at people to turn around and you know and mm-hmm. Lady Gaga to take take off certain parts of her costume and sure. do the performance. That mm. there's this one cockroach and and whether it's a male or female cockroach, I don't know, but it was rather huge, big as my thumb. Runs up the steps along the the carpet, it's making a beeline for the room where everyone sits down and has their meal, Excellent. and all the paparazzi are like. Saying to the photographers on the carpet, take a photo of the cockroach, um, which I thought was quite funny because everyone was encouraging the cockroach, go, get up the stairs. Is it because a rat didn't need it in New York? So. I guess I guess so. And now, of course, it's spawned a whole lot of um, people on TikTok are impersonating the cockroach. Excellent. Oh, as you do. So now there's all these people saying, you know, I'm the cockroach at the Met Gala. And, um, I have an opinion from the Met Gala. Oh, yeah? What's yours? Well, um, have you been to the Met Gala? No. <laughs> Look at me. Come on. It'll uh, be your year, your, your year next year, Dad. Sure. <laughs> maybe the six p.m. slot. Um, I saw a lot of uh, you know. I was going through the the hyperwebs there, and I saw a lot of beautiful, uh, people, beautiful people, a lot of people, and interesting outfits and all that. Yeah. And. Um, you're a bit of a fashionista there, Yvonne. I try. You know? and, I, uh, I try. I would think, and and uh, <laughs> I have to say, this is the only one I saw that. I had a problem with, uh, like, having a problem with Kim Kardashian is a new thing. But oh. I thought the uh, she looked fine and she looked good. You know, she's a beautiful-looking person. Mm. But she couldn't move in what she was wearing. Like no she one was can like move. She was, like, That's taking why. baby steps and there was, yeah. like, people helping her and all that. And I thought, isn't yeah. the point of... And that, I, I, I wouldn't say no one can move because I saw a lot of beautiful, you know, flowing dresses and people doing this. And this is about as much fashion as I can get in it. But I thought the point of fashion was like that you can move. It. No, that's not the point. <laughs> that, that is you, not the that point you, of that fashion. It's wearable. Dan, you know, Dan, it's Dan, not. A, it's Dan, an art. Dan, you know, that should, there, we could have just hung her up on the wall. No. You know, and yeah, then, yeah. Well, you know, that's, and that's it. It's art. Yeah. It's art. It's not supposed to be. But I thought it was wearable art, you know? Yeah, no. You can wear it. You, you just, just can't, can't move. <laughs> you can't be a normal human in it. Right. So, you know, yes, that's why they have people that fluff around them and help them take the little baby steps. And, and um, um, yeah. But there was the it was a very funny fashion moment at that at the Met Gala because um, Karl Lagerfeld is famous for having a, uh, a cat. Hmm. Oh, okay. You know, he would he would walk around with his cat. His cat was called Shupet. Oh yeah, Shupet. So yeah, Shupet okay. um, would be on his on his shoulder or or nestled in the crook of his. Was elbow. it always the same cat? Or well, I or did, was it like so. Kim Jong Un? Does he have a sort of another Shupet ready to go? I think possibly. <laughs> one. I think possibly there was a a, a Shupet stash. Yeah. Constantly yeah, yeah, kind of, of breeding. I'm not sure. Brood. But Shupet was very very famous. Is I'm not even sure if Shupet's still alive. But Jared Leto went to the Met Gala as Choupette 
as the a cat. Bit, like but a cat in this outfit. massive, gigantic like yeah. cat costume yeah. with the full on. You saw it, eh? Yeah, I saw it. Did you thing see off. Yeah. that in the audience of um, the people that were gathered to watch the entrance of all these celebs? Um, there were a number of um, there were some there was a guide dog and some emotional support dogs that were just tucked away at people's feet, just watching this enormous yeah, yeah, yeah. feline, this yeah. cat, you know, walking <laughs> up the thing. And then, and there's one, one piece on social media where um, Jared Leto is like, in the middle of the carpet, he takes the massive cat thing off. That's what I saw, yeah. And the camera goes to this one dog that's like, you know, just tucked away and it's just going... <gasps> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not only am I scared facing this enormous feline, um, now it just took its head off. Anyway, that's what I like. It gave me a chuckle. It was it the was, cockroach and the cat I, gave I, me a chuckle. Uh, yeah, I've always mixed, but I do follow the Metcalf. Are you like it comes up in the news and I want to check it out? And of course, then, you check it yeah, out. You yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You love yeah. it. Um, speaking of other things that I love, we of, we often talk about music um, mm. on the show. We're big Dan and I um, have a mutual kind of mutual pasts in the music business. Yep. And um, this week is uh, no, this month being May is New Zealand Music Month. So I um, suggest it's also organic wine. Week is it organic wine week this month? Right? Huh? May? I think May. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, there's a big conference happening. Yeah. So, well, what would be really cool is if you get a chance. Or I think to it's just organic month or something. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like other, not just oh, wine. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Organic things. Organic things month. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so back to New Zealand Music Month. Um, I think we should go back to the brilliance that is the Headless Chickens cover of Super Trooper. <laughs> on Flying Nun's absolutely um, Abba Tribute album from 1995. I'm going to see if I can play a tiny uh, bit of it. Super Trooper is one of the anthems of my youth. Uh, it, is, it is the greatest. So let's just see. I'm kind of impressed at how faithful it is to the original. I mean, the shredding. If anything, is the, there, the, the shredding is there. The it's it's clean. The timing is there. Oh, it's on, at some point. It's yeah, popping. It, it, it sort of like makes me slightly disappointed. I was hoping for maybe. Well, I'll tell you what, there's another. You know, like Cake's cover of. Um, what was that? Dancing Queen. No, Turn Out the Door. Get Out the Door. I don't know. I don't know about that one. So, all my life to live, I've got all my love to give. But I will survive. King's I will cover survive. Of I survive is fantastic. That for the is fact great. That it doesn't quite follow the oh yeah, no, the yeah. rhythm of the yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Is um, on the same tribute album, the Flying Nun Absolutely yeah, sorry, album. Sorry, sorry, wandered. Is um, no wandering's good. Wandering's mm. good. There's a, a band that I used to manage actually called Super Red, and they do a cover of um, Knowing Me, Knowing You. Brilliant. And it does kind of go off on a little yeah. kind of super I think that's the, the, the sign of a good cover is that oh. it should have its own and I used to band. flat with Chris Matthews who's the lead singer in oh, Needless nice. Chicken so there we go the name drop mm. there 
Right, so wines. So talk about yourselves while I get um, well, these I have, wines. I have an, an Abba story, actually. Go on. Oh, no, I, uh, when I was uh, working in Philly in the bar, and I was working with the band, it was kind of the band days were winding down. I was dating this girl from Toronto who was mm. in a local Philadelphia play, uh, musical. And, uh, you know, being the, me who I am and the music I like, I had an opinion. And she was an African-American girl from Toronto, so she had her musical thoughts. But she's ah, I'm doing this play for the, the gig. It's a good gig and all that. She tells me about it, and she's like, yeah, it's all these ABBA songs and all this. And it's kind of weird. You, really, you probably wouldn't like it. And I go... What a dumb idea, you know? Like, I did literally said, like, this will never work, you know? <laughs> Dan, and you want to just show it? While oh, you're yeah, talking, sorry. this is um, Dan's special. Yeah. Um, so it was Mamma Mia. Glass. She was in the original launch of Mamma Mia. Fantastic. And, uh, and it had launched in Chicago, and they tried it in Philly, and that, before, way before it went to Broadway and became a movie That's and everything. That's awesome. But it just goes Thank to you. show, like, I guess that's why I didn't last in the music business. <laughs> why you didn't last in the music business. <laughs> because I was like, this will never, work. this is so no. dumb, you know. Right, so Abba. the first wine that I have said, uh, oh. that I've poured for you is, just show it to the camera there, this is the Carrick Organic Bannockburn Dry Riesling. Um, 2021 is the vintage and $28 is the price. So do you guys drink um, a lot of Carrick wines at all? I get Not them. as much as I like. A little yeah. bit. Yeah, have a little look at the... Um label there so very dry but not as dry as the previous vintage which um was just 0.6 of a gram um rs and now it's 2.6 grams rs so a little bit of fullness there Mm. i found that um i think we had a white from otago last week too yeah chenin blanc and they forgot a bit of a like a green note on the nose that I'm yeah. on the fence with sometimes, you know. Yeah. But then it usually develops in the glass and it's fine. But it's like on that first pop, you know. I mean, dry Riesling. Mm. I don't drink dry Riesling a lot. But when I do, I want it to be kind of clean and racy and have this classic kind of, you know, pear, apple, lime. I think we're on to something. Yep. This coffee Which, mug can work as a... Yeah, do you want to show it to the camera for a sec? Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, This is... A beautiful Riedel glass that um, mm-hmm. got Gil smashed Riedel. on the way here, so it's Take kind of that. a... Yeah, Riedel glasses never break. <laughs> never break, but mine did. I'm so sorry. But um, what do you look for in good dry Riesling, Ollie? Um, length. Mm. Length, and it can be like texture and acidity and everything that just takes it through on the finish. It, oh. can, almost, it can almost be uncomfortable. <laughs> I think this yeah, is good like length of flavour. There's, there's a sort of a length, sadism yeah. to it. To yeah. drinking Riesling, which I quite enjoy. It sort of feels appropriate. I like that sadism yeah. in, the, in the Riesling. So nine grams per litre acidity, TA, ha, from Jeez. the Arthur's Vineyard, um, which is also where they grow their Sauvignon, fermented over 10 days, sulphured and locked up for ageing. It doesn't say for how long. Um, just a couple of hundred six packs made. So twenty eight dollars. Do you think lovely? It's pretty fair. good, that's isn't it? Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it's great. clean. It's focused. Great, great it's reason. lovely. Yeah. Mm. Really nice. Really nice. Yeah, we like that. Yep. Um, Carrick's doing great things. Mm. They always did really interesting stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm making feel some really good wines. When I'm particularly in like a Wellington or Auckland, I come across, um, yeah, mm. I'm going to have one of those, you yeah. know, it's on a list or something, you know, because yeah. it always seems to be something interesting like this yeah. too, yeah. you know, they're, exactly. they're Rosie Menzies is the winemaker That's there and it. she yeah. is 
ludicrously talented. Mm. Mm. Clearly. She's incredible. And she's actually, yeah, she started a whole movement with Carrick um, that not only are they um, very focused and have been very focused on organics since forever, mm. um, she's also moving into a, um, a more of a natural kind of sphere with a lot of um, interesting, very, very hands-off um, Pinots and mm. recent. Well, her predecessor, things. what's his name, uh, McKeefrey, mm, mm. um, he was very much in that. Yeah, mm. in that mould as well. He kind of kick-started it, really. Yeah, yeah. she's exactly. she's sort of thick yeah, yeah, and she's yeah. Right, so you might want to get ready, Glass. Sorry, we didn't bring oh, a spatoon. I got it. Right. Oh, oh we go. got. Hey, yeah. there we are. The yeah. spatoon. Under control. Purpose built. Yeah, I'm not too used to drinking it. What's the time? Ten thirty in the morning. Uh, well, you're a professional. Oh yeah, yeah. No, always, always. Thank you. I always right. say that's the decent thing about wine, too, is a couple sips, and I can't do that with beer no, or no. bourbon. <laughs> so the wine, the second wine yeah, yeah, that um, that I've bought, I'll just show the camera, uh, Jules Taylor, 2022 Marlborough Gruner Veltliner. Um, that's pretty in check, you know, I'd yeah. say for... Yeah, it's got a real radishy mm. note, you know. That's it, because I was thinking it's not, it's... It's fennel, but it's not. There's something else. And so radish. Radish, yeah. Bog standard, good old red radish. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. And I, I like the fact that it's got this kind of, um, there's almost a little bit of creaming soda on the nose as well. Sort of creaming soda. Yes, that radish. 12.5%. Nutty kind of. Nice. Pear and. That's yep. crispy. Apple. Do you drink a lot of Gruner? Me? Yeah. No. Oh. Not as much. I, I did, I did heat. I did I, I, It's not much around, you know. I once got a case, actually, when I was at Decanza, I got a case of Grunewaldliner, which I drank over the, the Austrian Grunewaldliner, mm. which I drank over a little period of time, so I'm relatively familiar with the grape variety. Um, mm. But yeah, the, the, the interesting with Gruner, which New Zealand, uh, like, this kind of is going in that direction, but um, from what I understand, the way that they make Gruner in Austria is in, there's two very distinct styles. One is the very clean, fresh, Varietal green mm. valley, which we kind of do very, very well. Floral, yeah. Very floral, yeah. very zesty. Perfect yeah. for New Zealand. Yeah. The other one is a very sort of oleaginous, very super ripe, almost a bit of residual sugar, mm. quite big. It's designed to go with sort of Austrian pork dishes. Mm. So it's sort of nice fat we, wine. Yeah, really fat, really yeah. sort of really greasy kind of white wine, mm. which we haven't quite got to yet. No, but, but you know, know some of those, I have tasted a couple of those because Andrew Headley, who used to be the winemaker yeah. at um, Framingham, was um, imported. Mm. A few, because he's got a great little import company that um, you can get all these exotic things. Oh, so, so, oh so pretty. Oh, so pretty, yeah. So yeah. Grunewald Lena is actually finding a, a nice little home mm-hmm. in New Zealand, and Jules has been making Gruner for a wee while. So this, just to give you an idea of the rundown, um, tech specs harvested 9th of April 2022, 12.76% elk. 1.3 grams per litre residual, 3.44 pH, and a 5.51 TA. Yeah, they thought it was going to be the alternative varietal Marlboro for a while there, but yeah, kind of backed off because a lot of people couldn't pronounce it in their respective tasting rooms uh, and stuff. So. I love it, though. I really yeah, like a good, good Gruner. It makes good wine. And certainly at Wine Friend, we, um, we have people that actually ask, When's, when, are you gonna, mm. when, are, when are we going to get another Gruner? It's like, well, when we, when we find one, you know, yep. it'll be great. So let's tip our glasses. <laughs> In oh, the yeah. um, sorry, Dan. in the mugs. I think we're gonna just tunes. keep this glass here for yeah. now. And, this. and yeah. very quickly, I'm going to show you a wine that I'm loving. 
at the moment. Brand shiny new. This is uh, a new Pyramid Valley release. Ooh. Pyramid Valley North Canterbury Springs Chardonnay from 2020. Oh, yep. Yeah, so made from 40-year-old vines in Waipara, North Canterbury, um, which at 40, that's actually probably the oldest Chardonnay in that region. Right. Yeah, it would have to be. Um, on a site that um, is managed without any um, herbicides, pesticides, any yeah, of that. It looks so it's like managed organically, but it's not certified. Yeah, they're, not, they're probably just transitioning it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this replaces the kind of Appalachian mm. um, series from, from Pyramid, which is now owned by the Aotearoa Fine Wine yeah, what do we think? Yeah, I, I love that. Hugh Kinch is a great winemaker. I think he's, I've got heaps of time for him. Um, yeah, great. Just a really a really mm. nice chardonnay. There's a, there's a it's lovely, just ticking lots of boxes. Yeah, and there's a yeah. lovely kind of um, candy fruit finish yeah. on it, which I quite like. A little bit like. of a caramelized. A little bit of a pop, mm. yeah, which is, mm. which is really nice. Yeah. yeah, and there's a nice little bit of smokiness there from the oak. I'm not sure entirely. Let's see if I can find... $85 a bottle. Has a nice kind of oily wow. feel to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess they have the audience, you know. This is it. Well. Segment your market. That's the don't thing. Don't hate the player, hate the game is what um, I say. And I don't hate that game. Little, okay, hand-picked dry-grown old vine Mendoza. Um, mm-hmm. So 100% Mendoza, planted uh, back in the early 80s. That's why it's 85. 80s. There's probably like two tons per hectare or <laughs> yeah. something, you know. Hand-picked, foot-stomped, whole bunch pressed, transferred to oak without settling. Um, it was a not a wild ferment, so inoculated and full malo, aged for 12 months on full leaves, no sulfur, racked, blended, aged in old punchins on fine leaves for another six months and unfined, unfiltered, bottled mm. in September 2021. But just, I mean, I, this is kind of, the, this is the Chardonnay that I, if I serve this to, you know, all my mates at um, over lunch or something, everyone would just go, oh, and they'd be drool mm-hmm. well, Because it's be. not a massive, I mean, yeah, it's $85, <laughs> right? But it's also not. I don't know. I think that nose could be a little polarizing for some people. complex. Yeah. I think the nose would be polarizing for You think it's too funky? I like it, but I, I, like I it. think yeah, at, yeah, I like at a too. table of mates, they might go, hmm. You, you, know. you got the wrong mates. I want another time, <laughs> Not my mates. I'll I don't think it's overly. <laughs> no, I don't think it's. I mean, I, you know, I drink a I don't lot have of very over, do over sulfide kind of wine. I hang out with Ollie doesn't. once a month and do a tasting. That's about my social life, you know. Yeah. Right? Oh, speaking <laughs> of the tasting yes. that, that you guys did the other night. Yeah. Um, we, have a new, was, we have a new wine term. Yeah, what's the wine term? Alanis Morris Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, unbeknownst to me, I got, I did, I sort of curated, uh, or I had uh, a, a list of wines curated for me by a bunch of Psalms as I traveled through the U.S. in February. And somewhere along the way, somebody said, here, if you're going to do a Canadian wine, you should do this one. And I didn't, I thought, I looked at it and, well, it looks like a nice label, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And it was a red wine. So I thought, oh, that's interesting too. Came back in the luggage and we had Amy, uh, Farnsworth, who's Canadian, right away she picked up the bottle and she goes, oh, I can't believe you have Pearl Morissette. And I said, and she goes, yeah, this is Alanis Morissette's wine. 
And oh. then we had a big laugh when it was really bready. And, <laughs> and then as we were leaving in the night, we went, Alanis Morris oh, yeah. Brett. That's a new term. Because <laughs> we always had Wayne Bretzky and uh, oh, Brittany Spears and stuff yeah. like that. So now we have a new one. Uh-huh. Alanis, Alanis Morris Brett. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, could have been the bottle, could have been the vintage or whatever, but it was. Yeah, well, you ought to know. Quite horse taily. And, yeah. um, but. You know, I'm sure she's not having a problem selling it, you know. She won't have a problem selling no, it. No, no. So, and I love the label, by the way. That was a beautiful label. Huh. But, yeah, a lot of more spread. So we got a new new wine term. Yeah, we I mean? might have to put the label up on the um, on the, on the Instagram. I'm happy machine. to stir the pot a little bit and put, <laughs> put the well, hashtag like, up there. So, but here's the thing. A little bit of Brett or no Brett at all? A little bit of Brett's fine. A little bit of Brett's fine. A little, little bit of Brett's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. And I've had wine that I... Had a little bread in and cross flowed, so I knew it wasn't going to get worse. Mm. And the consumer loves it. It wine sold really fast. Huh. Yeah, yeah. And even, yeah, it's... even the trade was like, oh, that little bit's cool. You know, yeah. I think winemakers were oversensitive to it, and maybe you are yeah. as well. But um, a little yeah, I bit, can't deal with it. Yeah, a little I bit. A little bit is fine. But when it you pour it as this wine did, and then it just at it sat on the table, it got worse and worse and worse. That's the problem. One, yeah, know? it's like mm. um. So for me. Um, you know, the the whole Brett thing is like, and I, I, my dad was a for fifty years pretty much a stock truck driver, right. sheep and cows yeah, yeah, all yeah. around the country. Yeah. So my whole life, all my That's childhood was brought up mm. with trucks, and Dad would walk into the house before yeah. he took his overalls off. It was manure, mm. right? And when you'd be driving along behind stock trucks in the days before they had to. Um, before they weren't allowed to just let it drain all over the road. <laughs> yeah. Good old days. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just, your car would be full of this I mean, it still is. smell. You can, you can drive behind sheep and, mm, and still, get, still that, get a little bit of good smell. <laughs> and on that note, on that stinky, smelly um, yeah. note, thank you so much, Ollie, for Pleasure. joining us. It's been brilliant. And um, we will be putting links Pleasure. up to um, Halcyon and. Um, yeah, man, and thanks for on Citra short notice. And, we appreciate it. No, that's, your fine, stuff. that's fine. You are, keep doing that amazing work that you do. Thank you. I love um, reading your articles. Might get your partner in crime on here soon as well. Yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should be much more. So tell us the real, <laughs> the real story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm terribly dull. <laughs> so, yeah, if you've enjoyed this podcast, rate, review, oh, yeah, hit the stars, yeah. tell your friends. Tell your friends. That's the big thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's available wherever good podcasts can be had. Everywhere. Even the average podcasts. We're on. Yeah, yeah. We're, you can we're find on us on, too, yeah. on those ones. Yeah. Those networks. Bye. Bye. Ciao. This podcast is hand-picked, whole-bunch-pressed, wild-fermented, and produced unfined and unfiltered by Daniel Brennan and Aaron Cash at New Song Studio. 